0: Come and dream with me.
1: Hello, welcome to What Do You Want to Watch? The Explosion Network's premier medium podcast. Every fortnight, we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content and help you answer the question who would have expected that an envelope would become the biggest talking point on the, in the pop culture world this last past week? Not me, but you know, here we are. Paul Rudd meme. Uh, I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. I don't get it. Wait, you didn't, you don't know about Envelope Gate?
0: Oh, is this a Live Wild thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know what the, the gate part is, but what's the gate part? So,
1: so she's on, at CinemaCon, which we'll talk about later, uh, doing, yeah. talking about like, I know the
0: story, but what's the, like, why are they calling because it
1: Because it's card? like, it's a totally random thing that somebody did, Someone served her papers yeah, right. for James yeah. at <laughs> at CinemaCon. He had a full badge and accreditation to do it to to be at CinemaCon. And, like people are freaking out about how this happened. I guess
0: he's just committed to his job.
1: You know but how how much planning beforehand would you have had to do? Like, when was the cutoff for like going to CinemaCon?
0: You just covered all these, uh you know. He just probably a ticket for all the conventions in case turn up. I don't know. It is weird, yeah. It was, very
1: it was a very weird story that <laughs> uh, you know caught catch your people's imaginations for at least a little while. All right, on today's episode, we'll be discussing watching our watch history. we we'll be talking about some news, including what would happen at CinemaCon. Giving some thumbs to some trailers and talk about this week's top three. Uh, Dylan, how about I let you kick it off with you know your favorite show back. Better Call Soul.
0: Better Call Soul. The Better final sh- season. Final
1: season. Part one.
0: Yeah, they're doing a Stranger Things. <laughs> um I mean, look, so we're three episodes in. As of No, this comes. Yeah. As of recording. Um It's phenomenal. I feel like look, at this stage, I usually wait until a show's finished to say, you know, like give it the The full look back. Did it wrap up well enough? Did it ruin itself in the finale? I have full faith that this show won't. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was around season three or four where I was like, you know, this show could be better than Breaking Bad. No, we're at the point where this show is definitively better than Breaking Bad. And, of course, I'm not shitting on Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows of all time. But I definitely feel like Better Call of Soul is just, like, they took everything they learned from that show, especially, you know, by the time these people got the the core, you know, writing producers everyone just got so much better at telling story that by the time they get to this show they're just so much better at it and you get this uh phenomenal product where it isn't it isn't about breaking bad it isn't a spin-off for the sake of a spin-off even though they've they've confirmed that um uh fucking brian cranston and aaron paul i forgot his name for a second i'm so sorry brian cranston and aaron paul apparently showing up this season at some point that was already uh revealed which i don't know why that needs to happen but um we shall see how that goes, but because yeah, of service. Nah, the 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 reason the show is so good is because the character of Jimmy McGill was from the get go. So much more interesting than he sort of had any right to be based on how he was in Breaking Bad, which was just a, a slimy screwball lawyer. Um, that was very entertaining as a side supporting character. But when they announced they were going to do a spin off, it was like, how could this character carry a, a story? And it was because they worked backwards. They, they crafted such a, um, a great and unique background and story for him. But it's all the side characters that have been introduced and seeing how their stories are playing out. Um, and going to wrap up. And I still, there's a bunch that, um have or are about to i guess and they're going to look to tap off some storylines and whatever else as we move to towards the finale of um this this show um but yeah there's a bunch of other characters that we still don't know exactly where they are because they're not in breaking bad or never hear about them again um and then the most interesting thing again i'm just not talking specifics for spoilers who people who may not start season yet or whatever um but the uh each season previously would start with the with a black and white uh bit at the start of the season, which was actually taking place after Breaking Bad. So it's with soul slash Jimmy post breaking bad where you sort of pretending to be this other character in like this uh, donut shop or whatever. It's like a Wendy's or I can't remember what it's called. But um, these always played out, these sort of black and white vignettes showing you what's happening. And the thing was always like, well, by the time we reach the finale of the show, I wonder how much we'll see of those. Interestingly, this season doesn't start with a black and white um, vignette to look forward at what's happening to the character. So it just makes me wonder if we're going to spend a bit more time in the the fresh future or present or however you want to look at it of the breaking bad universe timeline some point here um but yeah no right uh better Call soul is one of the best shows on television consistently definitely been one of my favorite shows and i'm very keen to see how everything wraps up in the next uh 13 weeks i think it's 16 episodes or something like that this season so yeah king king Right,
1: there's a break right Sorry. that's true so over like- the next
0: i don't know over the next few months whatever <laughs> 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 the rest of this year i don't
1: know forever who knows? It's good
0: to have something weekly to watch that I know will be fantastic. You know, I consistently know that there's always going to be an episode of a TV show I can look forward to watching that I know is going to be great, and that's what this yeah. show is.
1: All right. Uh, so I've been to cinema a few times this week. Uh, I went and saw The Northman, the latest film from uh the Witch and Lighthouse director Robert Eggers, uh, in which uh. Alexander Skarsgard plays Amleth uh, a young p- Viking prince whose brother his father is brutally murdered in front of him by his uncle uh, as a child and is sworn uh, to avenge his father, save his mother and to kill his uncle <laughs> if you've seen the trailer he like it's a it's a thing um, So this is actually based on the legend of Amleth, which was a Viking, folktale or you know could have been a real person but that was the inspiration for hamlet for william shakespeare so if you've seen hamlet any version of hamlet or the lion king you probably have a good idea of where this story is going um I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it a nine over on the web, over in explosion.com and said engaging from start to finish, Robert Eggers delivers a fantastic Viking epic that is bigger than anything he's done to date, but loses none of his vision. He's displayed in his previous films. Unlike anything else being released in cinemas at the moment, the Northman is well worth your time and money to see on the big screen. I think, you know, it is a very dark and like uh, brooding film to a, a degree. Like, uh, Amleth is not exactly a, person you can you he's not like a super he's not your captain america like hero that you can like get, go along with like one of the opening scenes is he's become part of like a viking raiding group and they like attack a like village and once they finish pillaging him he like sits by as the other vikings like round up all the weak people that they can't like s- become slaves and children and stuff Chuck him in a house and like set that house on fire. So I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> he's not someone you can exactly root for straight away. Uh, it's not the writing you see
0: in uh, Assassin's Creed. No, uh, it's <laughs> whatever. Like the full
1: on Valhalla. Yeah. The, this is very Robert Eggers is very well known for being very authentic mm-hmm. uh, and historically accurate. Uh, so this is very much the case here. Uh, but yeah, obviously you know he gets wind that his uncle is his lost the kingdom that he stole from Amleth as a kid, uh and has grown up to like Iceland. So he smuggles his way there, pretends to be a slave, uh, and kind of infiltrates his uncle's village and like goes about making his life a living hell as he uh as you've learn- he's been fated that this is something that is definitely going to happen. It's like um yeah. Really interesting, uh, very violent at times. Like, there is some pretty gory shit that happens in here. Uh, it's definitely a film that doesn't like hold your hands a lot. It's like, even though you, you have a general idea of where it's going, it doesn't give much explanations as to why th- certain things are happening and that kind of stuff. Uh, fantastic cast across the board. Nicole Kidman is one of the best monologues of the year. Uh, like, astounding. Uh, really impressive. Um, like, great sword play. Uh, it's like, yeah, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. You know, if you can go see it, go see it. Uh, so that's The Northman playing in cinemas now. Also went and saw After Yang. So this is the latest film from uh, director Koganada, I want to say, uh, who did previously Columbus, which can't find anywhere. Can't watch anywhere. Can't <laughs> can't download. Can't stream. Can't rent, can't buy anywhere here in Australia, as far as I can tell. Uh, So that's disappointing. But yeah, this is a film set in a future in which, you know, there's AI beings and that kind of stuff. Um, A not too distant scientific future, science fiction future, uh, in which uh, Colin Farrell plays a father of a young adopted Chinese girl uh, named Mika uh, and is as part of their thinking as to help raise Mika uh, and keep her in touch with their heritage. Uh, Colin Farrell's character and his wife played by Jodie Turner Smith. Um, they bought a robot uh, that was classified as Asian to help raise Mika. And like from a company called Second Sibling. So like they have a second sibling to help Transition help with the raising of the child, or whatever. Um, during <laughs> the opening credits, in which they are doing competing in like a family dance synchronization competition, uh, Yang the robot stops working, uh, and you know it's a the story kind of follows them, the uh, le- you know trying to get him repaired, and then learning that he is a special model who had a special camera installed in him that was taking cap capturing like three second moments every day and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Colin Farrell kind of looks into his memories and that kind of stuff. It's, it's very, a very contemplative film. It's not like a super plot heavy movie. Um, very much of a reflective movie on, you know, what it means to live, what it means to be human. Um, kind of, it just, yeah you know, it's it's kind of this movie where these these characters are kind of grieving this this robot who's come become part of their family and like uh yeah I really enjoyed it it's like it is very it's like 93 minutes it's it's pretty short uh but I think it, it, it is particularly emotive and like made me feel good and like it's interesting because I was like oh this would be a perfect chaser to the movie uh me, Earl and the Dying Girl, which kind of hits similar themes or a certain similar theme in that movie. Um,
0: I thought he was going to say Frank.
1: No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't... I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Frank did... Frank... I I remember talking about Frank, but Frank didn't. No. <laughs> didn't quite... Remo- you know, it doesn't have as strong a place in my memory. Uh, But yeah, I really liked it. I think, you know, there's great performances from Colin Farrell and Jody Joni Turner-Smith and, uh, Hayley Lou Richardson, who had previously been in Kogan-Koganada's previous film. Um, yeah, lots of interesting little things that are, like, peppered through, like, interesting ideas and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's worth checking out, but again, that's probably going to be difficult for you to see, because (laughs) it was playing in, like, two cinemas here in Brisbane, so i can watch Coming everything i
0: can watch everything uh eventually uh whatever <laughs> What's that movie called? everything Everyth-
1: everywhere. everything everywhere all at once everything
0: like- everywhere all at once is uh vod in a couple weeks so yeah thank fuck thoughts. i don't have to wait like months and i just have to wait
1: a few more weeks at least a few more weeks all right speaking of th- things that you did watch recently that had been waiting on let's see if this works better than last <laughs> last episode uh you checked out, you finally got the chance to watch X.
0: I thought he was going to say something else, but yeah, okay. Um, let's, let's start with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, because it's another episode of Dylan, watch the stuff that everyone else watched ages ago. Okay? Um, X. Fucking loved it. How good. Um, so this is the... Fuck, what's his name? Ty West. Yes, Ty West. I don't even look it up. I remember that. This is the latest movie from Ty West. Um, it is about this group of people who work at oh i don't actually know if they all work there but at least a few of them work uh, at a um strip club i guess um and i think it's like late 60s early 70s no they have to be like early 70s i guess yeah uh, early seventies, who they set out, um, with the full intent of making a porn film. Um, there's a lot of discussion in the, in the, in the movie about, you know, like, this is the future, like, people watching porn on home video and like, you know, this sort of, which is quite funny to, um, to hear. <laughs> uh, the guy who they've, one of the, I guess, friends or something, I don't know, um, they've got this, like, sort of younger kid to, be the filmmaker and he's like the director and he's like talking about you know i don't want to make porn that's just like people fucking like i want to make it like cinematic and he's like talking about all these directorial things which is quite entertaining but um so they set out to this uh how many is there one two three i think it was like five i guess six maybe um the they set out to this farmhouse uh where the main character fucking hold on his name because he's so good i actually hadn't seen him much before um this guy yeah wayne right he's the, the one who's setting it all up um played by martin henderson uh and he's like s- sort of sets out so it's him uh you've got this other guy jackson who's gonna be like the star of the movie i guess the guy is played by kid Cudi. um then you've got britney snow um playing bobby lynn most people would know her from uh the pitch perfect films uh Gen- Jenna Ortega is in it as Lorraine. She's like the partner of Owen Campbell's character RJ, who's the director kid I was talking about before. And then um the star is Mia Goth, who's playing um Maxine, who's like one of the co-lead girls that's gonna be in this film. Uh they set out and they're gonna they they've organized to pay this older dude uh to stay at his farm uh he's got like a spare like house or whatever out in the backyard like sort of separate and then paid to like rent it out or whatever of course they don't tell them that the reason they want to rent this out is to film a porn movie there they just say that they you know just want to stay there or whatever and he's very weird when they get there um jenna no not jenna, the mere Goth's character like spots a um this older lady like spying on him from window looking very creepy and weird um Of course, you can probably guess by now, shit starts to go weird and creepy by time. Night, nighttime hits old, old ladies like creeping around butt naked for spying on them, doing God knows what. Um, she spots them filming one of the porn scenes and then sort of shit goes weird from there because she's, let's, I know the easiest way to put it. She's not a fan of what she sees. Let's, let's say it that way, but there's more to it Mm. than that. Um, it's really entertaining. It's like a B, of course, it's like got this B grade film done on purpose um the editing i really really enjoyed i think it's like it'll constantly sort of do this weird intercuts to other stuff um that sort of gives it this whole sort of grindhouse sort of film uh aesthetic the cast is all fantastic like they're all very lively full of personality this is a horror movie where you actually don't like dislike any of the characters like they're all pretty fun and and great to hang around um Everyone's really great. It's shot really well. It's not shot like a B grade movie, although it has that style. Like, it, it does have a lot of really good cinematography and, and stuff like that. Music's really great. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, if you'd watch the trailer, like, the trailer is fantastic. Did you ever watch the trailer for this? Like, this, did we talk about that? I'm not in here. I can't even remember. I don't remember. think so. Yeah. If you, sh- you should watch the trailer because it's, just, <laughs> the trailer's just like, it's cut and edited so well like it's got this like the music that kicks in is like da-na-na. and then by the time you get to the end it has um because the movie starts with these cops showing up at the house like like 24 hours and then it goes back 24 hours and there's you know just like bloodbath everywhere and stuff and these these sheriffs like trying to work out what happens and then uh one of them like pulls out the they show this in the trailer where one of these detectives runs up or whatever and finds this camera and like asks the detective like what do you think's on this and they, they use this great line in the trailer where he's like some fucked up horror picture like it's like such it's just like and the way they edit it into the trailer at the end is fucking fantastic but um i love this and there's a prequel coming out which i'm very keen for and i just love the whole background story to this which is that um they went and stayed at um they filmed this in new zealand because i guess uh, a lot of movies were filmed in new zealand and australia last year where people could sort of do stuff i guess but um had to do the two week mandatory lockdown to film everything so the cast and crew and everyone um much like in the movie the bubble which i don't suggest you watching because it's horrible um although i want to watch that (laughs) anime one bubble i don't know what the difference is there but so i can watch that anyway that's finally out so i know once an anime and
1: (laughs) once yeah
0: um the while while in lockdown Ty west wrote a script for a prequel um to this which is about the um the the two older i guess the the older characters i guess and like what leads them to become the people they are in this film and the background to that um and then because everyone was already there was like hey do you want to like shoot this and then everyone apparently was like yeah fuck it let's go and they've they've already got like the house um and but the trailer originally played for that at the end of this in the cinema it's not at the end of it on vod or rental or buy or however you do it, which is sort of annoying. I did manage to find it online, even though they keep trying to pull it down. I guess the, they don't want the trailer out because it's not an official trailer. It was like an after credits trailer thing, mm-hmm. um, which is annoying. But um, I love how they're using the same place in the in. You can see, however, this movie primarily takes place at night, and in the trailer for the the prequel, which is just called Pearl. It's, uh like, shot very, like, lively, a lot more colour and everything like that. It's, like, I can sort of appreciate the fact that they've made the, just the the use of that time and, like, wh- who's there and what they can use. Like, I sort of love that from a filmmaking standpoint. And then you can see some of the people in the trailer um, who are actors in this movie playing different characters. So it's just, like, it's one of those things that's like, oh, fuck it, let's just. Um, so I really quite enjoy that um, idea. Um, but, yeah, X is fantastic. If you're a horror movie fan, I highly suggest it.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about the other film that you finally got to watch. Uh, the Academy Award nominated Licorice Pizza.
0: Good, not great. Like, um, I feel like – I don't want to spend too much on this because it's, it's like I've watched it 10 years after it fucking come out at this point.
1: Yeah. I, well, I'm going to be talking about some movies <laughs> we've watched 10 years after they come out, so don't worry. That's true. Uh,
0: but it feels different when they're actually older and not just like, you know, you're, you're six months late to the party rather than like it's two <laughs> years later and at least like, oh, I remember that film. Um. I feel like, um, so Cooper Hoffman's really great. Um, what the fuck's the girl's name? Lana Haymoke. Lana Haymoke, yeah. She's really great. I feel like there's just some, like, so the whole thing when you get into this movie and you're like, and of course a lot of discussions around, because the plot is about a 15, he's 15, right? I think. Yeah, 15, 16, whatever. It is. So it's a plot about a 15-year-old guy who, at the very start of the movie, tries to hit on this girl who's like 20, 21, whatever she is. I don't actually know. Anyway, she's in her 20s. Uh, And then the movie becomes about their uh, relationship and therefore. Now, this is already, I know, like a big discussion point in like how it goes, like what's weird. I think the movie sort of does everything almost right because any scene where like it's weird between them or try like it's just always him hitting on her. She never... Hits on, reciprocates. However, without getting into spoilers, I will say I did not like the ending at all. Yeah. I feel like the ending completely falls apart to the point that I'm like, you sort of just... like screwed over everything that you'd done throughout this entire film like i i have no idea what the the point of the ending is i don't know why those characters these two characters do the way they do i don't know if it was supposed to be a it's supposed to be this like happy like woo, like everything's fine like ending for them but i'm like i don't know like this wasn't the ending i felt like this movie was building up to i don't feel like this is the mature take on the ending this movie should have i don't really feel like I, I, yeah, so that was my thing. Like, I, I enjoyed the movie, I think it has some fantastic scenes. Bradley Cooper, for the short time he in it, he's in it, is fucking off his face, and that's very enjoyable to watch. Um, <laughs> um lots of like other little one small cameras. One of
1: the lo- best vehicle sequences, <laughs> yeah, involving a car with the engine off. Yes, yes. Um, all of that's
0: fantastic. Everyone's good. I would say that, yeah, my, my, I would. I think it's a movie in which the ending just didn't work for me and it sort of just let everything that sort of come down. No, it doesn't ruin it, but I feel like this movie was relying on it, its ending to sort of tie the package all together. And there's a bunch of great scenes beforehand, but you know, I was like, by the end, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And if I want to compare this to another movie I said that was like, it was good, not great. Um, similarly was, which was, um, Red Rocket, right? So, Red Rocket yeah. is a film in which, again, I and without spoilers because I'm always dodging fucking spoilers lately. But Red Rocket is a film about this guy who is hitting on this underage girl, and <laughs> and I, uh, to get her to become a porn star or whatever. However, that movie, I don't feel like you ever like he's an enjoyable character to watch to the point, but you always know he's a slimeball, right? He's the bad guy, and you're literally watching someone. Um, groom a young girl. That's the thing. So like, and I feel like that movie knows he's the bad guy and he's the the bad person. So I feel like for any of the whenever we get into these discussions about uh, having movies where adults are getting with like underage g- uh, girls, guys, whatever it is. And it was always like, well, what's the intent? What's the d- direction and stuff like that. Like as much as I was like, sort of felt like I've got some problems with that movie, Red Rocket. I feel like that movie knows... And like, at least it came across to me like the point was to show you this guy who is grooming this underage girl. And I don't love that movie's ending, but I would say I like it more than this one. So if you've seen both movies, <laughs> in a world where you've seen both movies and you know how both movies end, I would say Red Rocket's ending. Um, I have some opinions on on, on that ending. I, would, I I would like it a lot more than this one because this movie is just like, ta da! I was like, oh, it's fucking sort of a letdown to be honest but yeah it's good nowhere near as good as uh i i feel like like it definitely wouldn't it, i don't think it would have budged into my top 10 that's for sure after now watching it i, I feel like if i was look back at my top 10 uh, for one of these best picture nominated movies it's it's not making it my top 10
1: now that you watch it you're yeah. like i don't feel so bad about what having to see it six months away. i still wish i could have seen it like, <laughs> you know, just so I can
0: watch it when everyone else isn't. and not six months later, but yeah, okay. But yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it wouldn't have made my top ten.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know it's an interesting movie that's uh raised some interesting discussion. Yeah,
0: and then uh, um, getting into the the racism the that <laughs> stuff. Uh, I my hot take on that. I well, I don't even think it's like that. My opinion on that is, I didn't laugh, and I feel like you're supposed to f- feel like he's
1: a. Yeah, if you're laughing, you're dobbling on yourself. Yes, yeah.
0: I, 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 um, this is the thing where you get into weird, and I understand how like different points of arguments, but I feel like it's Paul W. S. Anderson just trying to show a a type of person that existed during that time. Paul Thomas Anderson. Sorry, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes.
1: I think this movie would be yeah. way different if Paul W. Was yeah, no, I Wouldn't
0: it be weirder? Um, it is...
1: Mila Djokovic would have played...
0: <laughs> I <quite> know, <a game. laughs> right? It would have been way more action-heavy. Um, it, um, it's just like a, a... Yeah. Does that need to be in the movie? I would say no. Do I think he's doing it to purposely be racist? No. But do I think it needs no. to be in the movie? No. I, I feel like I'm just no on, on both. I don't feel like he's he's doing it. T- he's not doing the stereotype to get a joke out of it being a stereotype. Like, I don't feel like Anderson is doing it because he thinks it's funny. I feel like I know why he's doing it, but I'll still say there's no reason it really needs to be in a movie because it's literally two scenes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my thoughts okay. on that. The other discussion point. All right. Uh
1: so I watched the first episode of The Offer. So this is the TV show about how they made The Godfather. Uh so Miles Teller plays uh Al Ruddy, who was the producer on the on the godfather uh yeah uh, and kind of here's the focal point i want to say uh of <laughs> of the miniseries um yeah pretty much coming from he starts off as like a programmer at a company uh meets a bunch of he lives next to a comedy writer so he ends up meeting a bunch of comedy writers teams up with another one pitches Hogan's Heroes, Hogan's Heroes gets picked up and then he decides, hey, I want to get into movies because, you know, I always love movies. Um, Yeah. And then eventually, you know, as this is going on, uh, Mario Puzo is writing novels. He uh, gets around. He writes The Godfather. It becomes a huge hit. So in lots of books, uh, Paramount had optioned the book uh, very, very early. Uh, and, you know, they just, they put Radi on to produce The Godfather, uh, and kind of follows the, all that happening. Also juxtaposed with this is, uh, the actual mafia community, (laughs) uh, headlined by Giovanni Bisi, plays one of the mobsters. Um, they're not fans of The Godfather. So their thing is they don't want this movie to get made. (laughs) Because they think the book is making fun of them and that kind of stuff. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of the setup for this. This move... This first episode, like, moves very quickly. Like, they don't have a clear distinguishing time difference, you know? It just jumps forward years, uh, potentially. Like, uh, Puzo's like, hey, I need... It takes me, like, six years to write a novel. Uh, But then, like, one minute he's coming up with the idea, the next minute the book's out for a year and that kind of stuff. So uh, I feel like that's a bit of an issue, but I'm enjoying like the, not knowing the massive backstory of how this movie got made and that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, They've got, (laughs) uh, but yeah, it moves along at like a fast, at least in this first episode at a very fast clip.
0: Here's my, so I want to watch this now. Yes. The one thing that I was like, "Mm, the one part this could fall apart in my mind the casting of Francis Ford Coppola.
1: Um, Where they've got Dan Fogler. Yep,
0: Dan Fogler, I could not. That was the one. I was like, mm. So how's
1: that? It's okay. I mean, <laughs> um, I haven't seen many interviews with like Francis Ford Coppola, so I can't really compare.
0: He's a very but, serious um, speaking person, you
1: know? Yeah. So... Obviously yeah it, it he's certainly doing a take okay i would say okay. um so it, i i would recommend watching the first episode because obviously he shows up in the episode he shows up at the end okay uh starting the coming in as the director of the godfather um but yeah i'm it, i'm keen to like keep watching i do enjoy shows set around hollywood uh and that kind of stuff he definitely got the vibes of uh of early Hollywood there's like totally random stuff like Al-, Al Ruddy's first film was uh starred Robert Redford so he has to convince Robert Redford to be in his film because apparently at the time he was being he's working for Paramount but apparently at the time Robert Redford was getting sued by Paramount so he wasn't keen to jump on to the project Al Ruddy was trying to make uh and that kind of stuff so yeah lots of interesting like little things here and there little weird cameos and that kind of stuff from different famous people and that kind of stuff so uh yeah this is on paramount plus i believe but i read somewhere that the first episode is free you can just watch it uh somewhere but uh yeah i think on Paramount Plus or on paramount plus i think
0: okay i was about to say that's not a bad idea if they want to get more subscribers i guess
1: yeah Uh, Yeah, so I think there's three episodes out now, and probably release weekly now. Weekly, I I would assume after that. Uh, Yeah, so there's ten episodes in the miniseries. So yeah, definitely keen on watching more of that. Uh, All right, so I, (laughs) uh, so I finally I watched the unbearable weight of massive talent like a couple of days after the well, the day the last episode came out. Mm obviously this is the Nick Cage movie in which he plays Nick Cage uh, who's, you know, struggling financially struggling to get roles uh, agrees to go to a uh, million dollars to show up at a party for a rich uh, Italian businessman, yeah. <laughs> played by Pedro Pascal who's a super fan they become best buds uh, but it turns out that Pedro Pascal's character might be a terrible uh, warlord who was uh, kidnapped a President's daughter. Uh, the daughter of a president's daughter. A lot of residents. Uh, you know, so Nick Cage is recruited by the CIA to spy on Pedro Pascal. You know, and shit happens. Super enjoyable. Like a lot of fun. Uh Pedro Pascal's really great. Nick Cage is really great. We've all seen the packaging thing now, it's great. <laughs> How good.
0: Uh I hope I didn't set it up too mad. Like I was like you know. Setting up going yeah.
1: in, but... I mean, it's the punchline to the joke. It's so good. And, you know, they <laughs> they utilise it very well. Um Yeah, it is someone who had not seen many, you know, Next Nick case. Cage films. It's like, you could follow along. It did really matter. I don't think there was much... I don't feel like you need to like,
0: have watched Nick Cage movies to find this funny, but it, you'll f- get a little bit more out of it, is how I would.
1: I think, you know, when they go into that cave... His is uh family memor- memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fanboy room. think that's spot. the only one.
0: You can spot some stuff in the background.
1: Yes. Room. But, last episode, we did top three Nick Cage movies you should watch mm. uh, to prepare for this movie. After watching it, all mine completely wrong. You should just completely <laughs> forget about what I said. Actually, I think that there might have been one or two National Treasure Jokes, but other than that, uh, yeah, completely disregard my list. But, Dylan had a very good list. Uh, that's. I watched all three films the day before I went. So Did your homework? I, I did my homework. I watched Raising Arizona, obviously, the film, the Coen Brothers film mm-hmm. starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, Holy Hunter, Hunter I want to say. Yeah, Holy Hunter. Hunter, in which, you know, he plays a criminal, career criminal uh, who, you know, Steals a baby. Falls in love with Holly Hunter's Hunter's police officer. And, you know, they're unable to have children of their own. So they steal a baby from a furniture salesman who had quintuplets. Yep. As you do.
0: Because they didn't need one. Like, they had enough.
1: No, they they had enough. (laughs) They had more than they could handle. So, I mean, they will really doing the right thing. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, super. It is very uh, narration heavy. More than. Like any other film nowadays would get away with, mm. like he talk Nick Cage is talking a lot that's good in this movie, but it's good is it's it's crazy, it's definitely a Cohen brothers movie of that mm. ilk uh of their comedy types uh in which you know totally random shit happens, like a bounty hunter mm. on a motorbike uh well thats that scene
0: at the end though the ba- like where the on the highway and the baby and <laughs> I think about it often. I I really like this movie. I don't know. I, I even before this I would quite often like it you know, like sort of lost films or films that people don't think about often. I'm always like raising Arizona. Like it's fucking I think it's very, very funny.
1: Uh yeah, so I really enjoyed that one. Then I watched Face Off. Mm. John Woo film, starring John Travolta, Nick Cage, which Nick Cage plays a crazy terrorist uh Oh, the eccentric terrorist, John Travolta plays the head of the some secret police organization. Does yeah. it's not really clear. Uh, he captures Nick Cage, but Nick Cage uh, is in a coma. But has set off a bomb somewhere in the city, and the only way that he'll be able to convince Nick Cage's brother that where the bomb is and be able to tell everybody is if he takes Nick Cage's face, and puts it on his own face. Uh, You know, as they (laughs) did this special futuristic surgery. So, you know, he becomes Nick Cage. He looks like Nick Cage, goes into prison to get this information. But, oh, no, Nick Cage woke up. And now he's uh, forced the doctors to put John Travolta's face on his face. And then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he goes to the prison to see John Travolta in Nick Cage's face. They have a face off. Mm yeah, I this uh this, was, this this was all right. This it went a bit of, on a bit too long, especially the, the the climactic chase sequence seemed to go on forever. Uh, yeah, it just feels a little bit bloated. I think is what my criticism would be. Um, great performances by pretty good performances by John Travolta and Nick Cage, like matching up to what you saw earlier in the film and that kind of stuff. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, there's some solid action and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it 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 just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And on and on and then some doves show up and then it keeps going.
0: Important movie for the unbearable way to mess with tell Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, yeah. Then I watched Con Air. Mm. Very so i never seen conair very
0: before. important movie to watch before watching
1: yeah because you know it shows shows up i thought i'd sort of seen conair because i'd seen the music video uh of how do i live several times
0: so you just thought you'd watch the movie because of
1: like yeah <laughs> it's like why do i need to see the movie i've seen the music video no, I seen the, movie. the entire thing uh Conier is fucking fantastic.
0: Welcome <laughs> to the I don't, I don't world, actually, Why <laughs> did anybody <laughs> tell
1: me before that Conair is a movie that everyone should watch? It's
0: like not watching Die Hard, I feel like not watching Conair. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh Nicolas Cage plays a US Marine who's just come home from service, uh who after spending his first night with his girlfriend partner. Yeah, their wife, partner.
0: I don't remember if they're married, but yeah, it's been a while since I am married. It too.
1: Uh, finds out she's pregnant with his baby. Uh, he gets into a scuffle with people who, a bunch of s- sexist, I don't know, yeah, ruffians yeah. or whatever, accidentally kills one of them who had a knife on him, but, you know, the the, the knife went missing. Had it coming. Uh, apparently he goes to jail because he's a weapon of, yeah. <laughs> he's trained his body to become a living weapon. Yeah, that was a court case uh, that, so-
0: you know, like the reason the only person in this other person dies because he's a living weapon, like, from the army, yeah.
1: So he spent several years in jail. He finally, gets to go home to his meet his daughter for the first time. He's being transferred on this big prison shit airplane where they're transferring all these convicts to uh, new max maximum security prison. Uh, and then the, the 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 plane's taken over by the con the the, the, the It's Con Air. Con Air. You know, and then they've got to try and stop the plane. Nick Cage is trying to be the good guy and save people. John Cusack's on the ground is, like, not being treated, not being treated fairly by the other, (laughs) the older agents who think they know better and shit. Uh, Yeah, fantastic. Really enjoyable. Uh, (laughs) I would, you know, happily watch uh, Nick Cage talk with that Albanian (laughs) accent for ages. (laughs) that's... it might be the best part.
0: Got your present, honey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm really glad that I watched Conair. Uh, that had a really long ending as well, but I mean that was just enjoyable, like seeing Nick Cage versus John Malkovich. Uh, <laughs> lots of interesting cameos and characters I didn't realize were in this movie, like Danny Trejo and uh, other people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Conair, kind of check it out if you haven't watched it before. I know nobody ever talks about it. <laughs> yeah, small it, indie film, Conair. Con
0: yeah, no one's watched Conair. Yeah, yeah Con Air. small
1: film, yeah. Conair. You should definitely check it out. <laughs> uh, Dylan, you finished watching Tom and, P- yeah, Pam and Tommy. I did. I'm
0: talking about things that go a bit too long. Um, I finished it up. I, I like the direction they ended up taking the series, but I just feel like it was, yeah, just a bit, like it could have definitely been a lot shorter. So, like... They, they take the right direction which is the the true like sort of narrative of the story which is that you know um the the fact that this guy and they make sure to cover this i, I can't remember really looking up the actual dude's name but the, the person that um seth rogan plays the guy who breaks in because i sort of talked about the first few episodes here didn't i whenever it started yep um he breaks in he steals the the safe which has the sex tape on it and then he um begins distributing this and all that and by the end of the series you've got this thing happening where he actually gets told by a uh, female friend like and she goes off at him because she's like how dare you do that like that's like totally he's like Seth Rogen's being like it's just porn though and she's like no it's not it's like their personal life and you know like she's like saying like watching it it's actually rather romantic and you know, like, how dare you do that to them and all this sort of stuff. And then you have these other scenes between Pam and Tommy where Tommy, you know, like, he'll be out at a bar and guys are just like, fuck yeah, dude, fucking great that you've got a big dick and you get to put, fuck Pam. And then, you know, like, people are watching it, like, Pam's just, you know, like, she gets to be called a slight and, like, you know, like, it's just, like, it takes that sort of, like, I, I appreciated the direction it sort of took with the, the the story and the the people I would say it sort of downplays how much of a, um, that it shows Tommy being an asshole. I think it downplays how big of an asshole Tommy was still though. I definitely feel like, I feel like for the sake of making the show more watchable, uh, and maybe it's just because Sebastian Stan was also so good at playing this, this version of Tommy Lee. Maybe they downplayed it, but I mean, By the time you get to the end of the show, instead of... There's, like, one scene in maybe the final, 2nd last episode where you see him, like, push her or something like that. And then you get to, like, the, you know, the typical true story thing where it's, like, credits then comes up with, you know, all the post-text saying, you know, this, this, this. It's like, oh, Pam and Tommy split up after police were called and he was, like, hitting her and, you know, like... But it's well known that was happening prior to that. Like, and he was abusive to her. But they never really cover that in this for, I, and I think solely for the the reason of making it less dark, I guess, and more like, oh, it's comedy, a bit lighthearted, sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it definitely drags on a bit too long. Um, but I still, yeah, it's, I'd say it's okay. Like, it's an, it's enjoyable for what it is, but it's definitely not what it could have been.
1: All right. Uh, so I finished this season of Abbott's Elementary, which released on Disney Plus. Uh, this is the TV show in which uh Queen of Brunson. Uh, the creator of the show plays a second grade teacher at Abbotts Elementary in Philadelphia. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think this is a great show. Uh, like really wholesome, fun content. I know you said you just finished watching Superstore. Uh, I think this might be the next thing that like I could fit fill that void. I feel like it's very good. similar dynamics to that kind of a show. Um, only thirteen episodes in the first season. Um, really enjoyed how the, the, the cast grew over the season. Um, and yeah, I, I'm keen for them to come back. Um, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out, shout it out. And, you know, I feel like it just needs a little bit, I, people in, in Australia, I don't feel like talk about it at all. So, uh, you know, check it, check it out Abba's Elementary on Disney Plus. It's a great sitcom. Uh, I watched two sports documentary series. Uh, they call me Magic uh released on Apple Plus. It is a documentary series about Irvin Magic Johnson, who everybody would know as a big a championship Laker player, uh pretty much just chronicling his career. Obviously um playing for big coming in, playing for the Lakers the number one draft pick, helping lead them to the champion many championships, having a very good career. Uh and then kind of the big turning point in his career was uh he contracted HIV and like, um, kind of how that affected his life and like, uh, how he's kind of still here even though he had HIV at a time in which people it was pretty much a death sentence and that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it I think it's a pretty interesting documentary and it's probably good timing as well that's currently going on while they've got the like his TV show at the moment, uh, winning time. Uh, it's got nice contrast of like. This is what happened in the future. I mean, it's spoiling it a little bit. Uh, if you if you didn't hey, know what happened with the Lakers and that kind of stuff. Who produced this? I don't know. Like, I was just going
0: to say, like, how do they time these things up so well sometimes? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, just, it's like they're made in tandem. Uh,
1: yeah. But maybe. I mean.
0: They're not. Because I, mean, I don't think it's the same. It's not the same. No,
1: it's, it's obviously that's a HBO thing. Yeah. So this is. So, it's definitely not a thing together. Yeah, it's just.
0: It's interesting sometimes. This is,
1: I feel like this was something that was put together on the back of the success of The Last Dance and like, yeah, yeah. So the popularity of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, obviously, him touching on like, he, he was not a very. Uh, he slept around a lot and did a lot of partying and that kind of stuff. And like, it does a try away from some of the darker elements of his story. Uh, and also talks about some of his post uh, basketball career. Like, he got into theater, like, Building theaters, like movie, a movie theater chain, uh, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, th- I think, you know, an interesting documentary, if you're, if you have any interest in basketball and that kind of stuff. And I also watched the, uh, <laughs> football documentary that's on Disney plus at the moment, the man in the reader, which is focused on Tom Brady and his, uh, currently nine, uh, Super Bowl appearances for the Patriots. Uh, again, it's, it's a very much a reflective kind of story. Uh, you know, just uh, as someone who knows very little about Tom Brady and his uh, no, history, no, no, Ash.
0: he's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's, the goat. he's won several.
1: <laughs> he's won several championships. He's won several Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is interesting and like kind of fills in the gaps on this massive sporting figure who I know very little about and like kind of paints a picture of his career and that kind of stuff and the struggles he's had uh injury wise and then the pressure he had being a such a successful player and then like him him also like being into alternative medicines and that kind of stuff uh yeah i think it's quite interesting apparently there's meant to be a 10th episode because obviously he won another super bowl with <laughs> the Tampa bay buccaneers uh but whereas this whole documentary focuses on his time with the patriots uh, but apparently it's been delayed like several times like i don't know but yeah, I th- I thought it was a good watch, you know, it, 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 an easy watch. So that's on Disney Plus. But let's jump into the mandatory Netflix take of the show. Uh, last episode we talked about the Heart Stoppers trailer, and the Heart TV show finally came out on Disney on <laughs> Netflix. Uh, so it follows young Charlie, a high school student uh, in Britain, uh, who's gay uh and he falls in love with these new form room uh person who sits in the chair next to him nick nelson uh and kind of like chronicles their friendship that maybe blooms into something more uh it does uh (laughs) yeah this is you know a very fun like coming of age romance show uh set in a high school with a nice diverse cast uh i don't know i i I didn't i liked it i didn't love it i i yeah just something didn't get me over the line um i think you know there's a lot of great characters a lot of interesting like yeah i don't know there's just something that didn't click for me but dylan it sounds like you love the show i love the show um
0: i don't know what yeah, I don't know what exactly the odd pinpoint is the difference between me liking it and you loving it and you just thinking it's good. But yeah, it obviously did click for me, but I think it's yeah, so I binged it all I just watched it all in like one evening. They're like 20 minute episodes anyway, so.
1: Yeah, it's very short. It's, it's not 30 minute eight episodes, yeah.
0: yeah. You can smash through it pretty quickly. Um the funniest thing is that remember last time I was like I've read some of this I've always wanted to like, cause they were web comics. I've always wanted to buy yeah. the collected novels or whatever, collected editions. And now after watching this, I'm like, fuck, all right. I was looking at my Amazon cart. Um, they, <laughs> um, I just think it's just very wholesome. It's very wholesome. Yeah. Entertaining. It, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, it's just the setting. I liked all the characters. I think the romance is just very believable.
1: I think that Nick. I appreciate they didn't drag it out.
0: Yeah. I feel like Nick and Charlie just both feel like real teenagers with their own, you know, pluses and minuses, very likable people. Um, Charlie getting like, like, constantly told by his friends, like, and all this stuff, uh, like, you know, tracing after the straight guy. And he's like, look, I'm happy to be friends and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then it's like very obvious. As to you as the viewer, cause you get to see stuff that Charlie doesn't, that obviously Nick, I think that's mm. the other thing. Like it's not like, it's not played weird cause you constantly know that he's like sort of questioning his sexuality. Like even if Charlie doesn't know that the entire time, you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. like you, you as the viewer know that you can see that he's sort of question, like starting to question his sexuality or maybe questioning his sexuality. Um, but I, yeah, I would definitely say the star of the show was Nick. Um, I think, and I tweeted about it. I think that show, that scene with him and Olivia Coleman, um, who, again, who is in yeah. the <laughs> show, like what? <laughs> yeah. um, just as a mum, just as uh, Nick's uh, Nick's mum, which Nick's is, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Academy Award, uh, Emmy nominated. Apparently,
1: yeah. Olivia Coleman filled all her scenes in two days.
0: Yep, love her, love her. She comes back. She supports the, you know.
1: Sports the sports
0: British TV yeah, scene. sports, the British TV scene. But yeah, that scene between her and Nick, without spoilers, that scene between her and Nick uh at the in the last episode, I thought was fantastic. Well acted by both of them. Um the sort of scene that you don't really see um I guess have it seen represented in um TV shows or movies. But I thought that was fantastic. And yeah, Olivia Coleman adds a lot to that, just as the the mum in that scene, such a, a lovable, fantastic mum um in that scene, made me tear up for sure um the maybe that's also a difference like maybe i'm just like it hit something for me the i think it shot really well lots of great music i think a bunch of the side characters are really great and i hope that now that if the show is a great success i would love to see um some of the side characters get their stories explored a lot more in it.
1: i think that maybe that's what it was like i feel like the sides characters didn't get there yeah. too they get enough
0: that, maybe that's why i i don't blame it it's eight episodes 20 minutes right you get uh, this great romance story between the two characters in this one. And now if it's good enough and we get second or third season or whatever, now I need you to build upon the stepping stones of the side characters. Um, in that, in that I understand why you, with the, what time given it, it is used to tell a, a very focused story on the, on the. Yeah.
1: I think it's the, the pacing of the show and like it obviously being these 20 minute episodes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then me internally, whether I, Realize it or not, like comparing it to something like sex education, which is Freeze. a very similar setting, a lot more seasons, similar. Yeah, yeah, but they like the episodes back, were like. I bet an you hour if you long. go
0: back and watch the first season, even then you'd be. like... I
1: think I pretty much, I probably did say it. Yeah. It took me a little while to click into it, but yeah, um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I, you know, I really hope Tao and uh, l L get together. You know, yeah,
0: because they, they they they're. Then yeah, the will they won't they come? Yeah, will they won't they? And th- and that's great, and that definitely needs to be built upon. But then you have the I'd have to actually look what his name is. Um uh, Isaac, the Other friend, right? He's definitely like he's there. You know, he's there, <laughs> you he's, know? there. He's, there. Like, he's fun. Like you're like, this guy seems fun, like he's always reading and he's just he's
1: like, like, yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't get any sense. No,
0: but yes yeah, so I'm like, give that like, give that character something in the next season, by God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although explain all the books. He's just a he's just a reader, you know?
0: My also my favorite um My favorite scenes is when Elle um, that comes over to watch that movie, and then like discussing watching what they should watch, and then I think she's like, "Why don't we watch like Captain America, Iron Man, or something?" He's like, "I wanted to watch cinema." He's like, he's like like suggesting like fucking A (laughs) twenty four films or whatever. I was like, "I appreciate this." Yeah,
1: yeah. Like he comes, uh, he's going to come over and make us watch the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny,
0: but no, I I I love this. This is definitely one of my favorite things. the shows I watched this year. I thought it was fantastic
1: yeah all right uh you also watched season two of russian doll
0: yep very good i talked yeah i finished it i uh, finished it this morning or last night whenever it was um okay it's six or seven episodes i think it's like one episode two episodes shorter than the last again they're only like 20 minute half hour episodes so you can you can get through it pretty quickly um the i'm trying to think what's in the trial and what's not like a spoiler so the setup for this season is that uh Fuck, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Anyway, whatever. The main character who obviously the Natasha f- Leone. Yeah, Natasha yeah. Leone. <laughs> she, um, goes into this. In the first season, obviously, she has the thing where she keeps dying and it's Groundhog Day and she comes back. This season, they, they, everything's fresh. It's new. It's exciting. It's, it's not trying to retread, do the same jokes. So this is like sometime later after the first season. Um, she gets on a train, uh, to go home. Um, anyway, she walks out. It's like 1970. So that's a, that's a thing. I, I don't, I don't think I can spoil too much more than that because I don't, I, because there's definitely some quick reveals, but none of it's showed in the trailer, at least from what I can remember. So I And given, you know, it just came out, I don't want to spoil it at all, but there are some quick reveals as to what's how people view her. I guess maybe it's not spoiled. Let's say she is not herself when she travels in time. I guess if that makes sense. So she is walking around as a different character when she goes back in time. So you as a viewer, sometimes you'll see Natasha Leone. And then once they reveal she's like walking around as someone else, they'll show you like a different actress, if that makes sense. So the the people in the world are think she's someone else, but she's not. Um the uh bunch of other people in this are fantastic. Uh Chartlo Copley. Shatlo Chart, Copley, who most people, I guess, uh, you know, most famous District 9 um is really good in this, a lot of fun. Uh there's also what's her face from um Uh, Shit's Creek the sister I can't remember the actress's name she's very good in this as well Um, Annie Murphy yeah, she's very good in this. Not playing anything like the same character, but she's also she's very, very good in this. I quite enjoyed her in this. Um, but yeah, the the jokes are so funny. I mean, just watching the first episode with Natasha Leone and just having that character, even though I only just watched the first season, but like uh, like the time difference and knowing it's like been years and she just feels like she slips straight back into this character, and it's such an enjoyable character. Like she's trying to quit smoking at the start of this season and like she's in a bar or a restaurant at the start before everything starts to go wrong and um she like chucks a cigarette in her mouth and someone's about to tell her off for and she's like no i just need to like <laughs> i just need to chill. and then she's like goes to like she's like standing there waiting for the train of the cigarette hanging out and just like the way she like subtly like pulls out a lighter and brings it so up and then like pulls it away like she's fighting with herself there's like so much like weird like uh just simple jokes i guess happening at, at all times but like much like the first season everything builds towards a uh, dramatic finale that's actually built on um drama not jokes much like the first season reveals that to do with characters and and stuff like that and i um i thought it was great i thought it was i again it's like do we need a third season no did you need a second after the first one no but um but i would say if this is it great two fantastic seasons definitely really enjoyed it all
1: right well that's everything i watched history let's move into some film news and dylan CinemaCon happened. happens last week uh movies are back uh i think you know uh lots of things to be excited about lots of people a lot of all the cinema got all the cinema owners super happy about how the pandemic seems to be over things are getting back to normal uh, i think one of apparently like one of the like lead people was like yes cinemas are back piracy is done by all these people who are doing like drug deals <laughs> bullshit like that it's like really weird <laughs> uh, do, so what do you think was the biggest news at a Cinemacon?
0: Your opinion. um fuck my uh, avatar i guess is what i've seen posted the most around avatar probably
1: yes yeah, so we got our first look or well, they got their f- first look i was so gonna say for all, all know, these <laughs> new
0: stories it's like people have seen stuff people have seen stuff people have seen stuff
1: <laughs> i mean images from avatar that's have true been leaked, yeah and the trailer so
0: we should be talking about trailer
1: uh, hopefully talk about next episode yeah, it should be out on it on is so. releasing in front of Doctor Strange, The Multiverse Madness. Uh, but, yeah, for the people who don't know, CinemaCon, a big uh, expo for the theatre owners. They go there. The mm-hmm. studios come out and tell you the different things they're going to be releasing in the year. It's the movie equivalent of what E3 once was. Yeah, so
0: it's theatre um, owners and press. and So you're trying to sell yeah. to people and you're trying to have
1: press write about your product. Yeah, it's what E3 was, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yes, Avatar 2, it's still happening. Crazy. It is actually happening. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so, yes, it's Avatar, the way of water. And uh, it seems to be Avatar, but this time they go to swim.
0: Yep. Literally the synopsis <laughs> I've had since 2010, I think, like in my head, Avatar, but they go to swim because it was known for a very long time that it was going underwater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the synopsis apparently is set more than a decade after the events of the first film avatar the way of water begins to tell the story of the sully family jake Deteri, and their kids the trouble that follows them the lengths they go to to keep each other safe the battles they fight to stay alive and the tragedies they endure uh yeah so <laughs> i i i think you know obviously It looks cool. They got rid of the papyrus. That was a big thing for apparently in the logo. That was a big thing for people. Um, But yes, Avatar 2 actually going to come out this year. Hard to believe.
0: (laughs) It is. It actually is.
1: In in 3D as well. That's the other thing. They showed footage from the the movie in 3D. We're all going to be wearing glasses again this December.
0: I I just don't believe... Because there's no other 3D movies, so that means all these cinemas are going to get sent 3D glasses solely for this movie, which is so weird. But
1: I'm sure they've probably got a box of like leftover, yeah, probably still in like yeah. a cupboard somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. so I thought I uh, don't, I don't think it's that big of a stretch, but yeah, um, yeah. So obviously, some of the images leaked. They look very pretty. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet's in this movie. Crazy,
0: I didn't know that until this. I don't know if that was Dude, already
1: announced. Uh, Kate Winslet, Edie Falco, Michelle Yao, Vin Diesel, Jermaine Camilla, and Una Chaplin, yeah. uh, as lo- along with a slate of young actors, uh, joining the franchise. So yeah, this releases in theaters November, December, December sixteenth. Uh, other big stories: we finally got a, the official title for the next Mission Impossible film, Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, apparently, looks really good. <laughs> uh, they showed a teaser trailer in which, you know, uh, Tom Cruise riding a motor- motorcycle off a cliff uh, <laughs> as he does. Uh, I think they're st- are they still filming it. I don't know.
0: no. I, they filmed this back to back. So both back to back. I think they've done because don't forget this is the film that Tom Cruise was filming last year when you had all those stories about him going off at people on set telling them how lucky they were yes. to be working and they should be taking shit more serious and whatever else,
1: yeah. Yes. Uh so yeah, Dead Reckoning, how does that compare to the other Mission Impossible titles?
0: <laughs> it fits with the weird titles. I mean, none of the other movies like a bunch of other movies have weird titles, so Whatever. I don't really care. Dead reckoning. Cool. They, they're all like out on the run. Someone's chasing them. I don't know. I don't really care. I'm very excited. All I need to know is this. You, you <laughs> sell me on the movie. You go, who's directing it? Christopher McQuarr- McQuarrie is directing it. I'm watching it. You know? And that's all I've known for ages. I just know that McQuarrie is doing it. It's the last two because Tom Cruise is about ten seventy two 72 years old. Um, So, let's go.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Yeah. They they also announced that a te- the first teaser for this movie will be released in front of Top Gun Maverick. Uh, speaking of Crazy. Top Gun Maverick, that was really that was screened in full at CinemaCon, and it's been gotten nothing but rave reviews.
0: That's out. June! No.
1: No, it's like The, Mason, the end of this it? month.
0: Uh, no, wait, they moved it, yeah. Out of the end of this month.
1: Yes, a m- movie that's been in the works forever. Uh, one critic said, Top Gun Maverick is a profound cinematic experience and easily the best film of the year. What uh, they've done, uh, has what they have accomplished, is epic and intimate, heart stopping, heartbreaking. However good you think it'll be, it'll be better. Well, calm down. My God, Top Gun Maverick is incredible. Return to the franchise. It's amply, absolutely worth the wait. It honors the first Top Gun while blazing its own path in the sky. Uh, the story, acting, emotions of those dogfight sequences are excellent. Enjoy this one, my friends. Uh, yeah it's it's i've seen nothing but praise for this movie uh and as someone who has not seen top gun but will be watching top gun soon because we'll likely be doing a spoiler cast before that movie i don't know if
0: you saw it, but i did update the spoiler cast yeah, for I that week that, in the I calendar yes
1: <laughs> i was like presumptuous
0: uh, and didn't i was like i don't know if i need to ask you
1: no, that's, <laughs> it, i don't think I did uh <laughs> i had it on the list anyways yeah. but ages so three, i've watched top yes. gun
0: so um i don't like top gun So I'll I'll get that out. I don't like Top Gun. I think it's um a boring movie. I don't particularly have any fond memories of it. Um, well,
1: way to ruin the spoiler. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm just putting it out there as a like, (laughs) but I'm generally very excited for Maverick. Um, mostly based on everything we've been seeing and hearing, and having all these people say that, yes, all that shit you're seeing in the trailers, um, all your, all the hype I have in my head about the, the way they've shot the, the planes, and you know the, the way that could potentially pay off in these dogfights and stuff like that, and the way I'm building that up in my head to be so much like a, a magical cinematic experience I've, we've never witnessed before when it comes to planes being shot, and everyone's saying yes, that's exactly what it is. I'm going, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Because that, that's the major thing. Like, do I care about these characters? No, I have no attachment to the, the first film's characters. Could this film make me care about the characters? Sure. But I'm going into this because of the planes and the way they've, they've filmed it and the action. And that's what I'm here for.
1: You know. Yeah. So pretty excited. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it's fantastic. So look forward to that later in the year. Uh, we get our first, <laughs> first look at... Margot Robbie is Barbie. Uh,
0: let me like, tell you. Looks like Margot it's Robbie. Interest-
1: Margot Robbie. It looks like Margot Robbie. She's in a pink Cadillac or whatever. Yep. It's interesting seeing ge- the general public who aren't on film Twitter mm. react to some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've like, been completely surprised this is a thing that's happening.
0: Yeah. That was announced like two
1: years ago. It was re- announced ages ago. People are like, who's playing Ken? It's fine. Fire like, pay attention. That's that uh, anxious. <laughs> um, I think the interesting thing is it's being released on the same day as Oppenheimer. Obviously, Barbie being a Ma- Warner Brothers movie, Chris Vanola not working with Warner Brothers anymore, like, putting that up against that movie. Interesting. Obviously not going to have exactly the same demographics. Not
0: not the same demographic. Oppenheimer will definitely make them all money. I'll put that out. Will it though? Yep. I'm going to say right now. A biopic
1: about uh, the guy who created the atom bomb. It's not exactly. I'm
0: telling you that I'm saying that from the director of the Dark Knight and (laughs) Dunkirk will sell any movie.
1: I don't know. I think this, this is going to be interesting thing. It's like if Oppenheimer makes money. Obviously, I don't think it's on the same budget Terry scale as those other movies, but it'd be pretty close based on the star power of, this, of all the money they're paying for cast.
0: It's funny, though, like, because they're just shooting that
1: um, now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Barbie, did they finish or are they still shooting? I think they're shooting. They're still shooting. Um, either way, I'm keen for both. Obviously, they're both fantastic directors in their own right. They're very different films, very yeah. different core audiences. Um, I would say general film fans should be excited for both um yeah i'm very keen to see what they do with this barbie film because uh, yeah for everyone who doesn't know this movie exists and is like acting like it's going to be this like straight up barbie movie you know that's not what it's going to be it's going to be i mean look it may sound pretentious to say but it's 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 going to be a feminist movie like uh, like the easiest way to to explain you know it's going to break down the the barbie stereotypes directed and, and written
1: by greta gerwig yes Think even I Noah think Barbar Noah. I
0: think Noah. It's written by her and Noah, and she's directing. Yeah. It, yeah. So, like for for people who don't know, like for, for general Joe Schmo who sees Barbie, who has no idea the type of movies they, these people those two make, um, they're gonna get a, a shock, I think, because <laughs> I know what I'm going in sort of expecting. Yeah, I have an idea <laughs> about <laughs> like tonally what the movie's probably gonna have to say, but yeah. But yeah,
1: pretty interesting. Uh, it's been revealed that Lionsgate is currently working on a prequel to The Hunger Games. The Ballad for Songbirds and Snakes uh, is set to be directed by Francis Lawrence who helmed uh, Catching Fire and Mock- Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1 and Mockingjay Part 2 slated for theatres in 2017. Uh, the synopsis for the film reads years before he would become the tyrannical president of Pen M, 18 year old Cornelius Snow sees a chance for a change in his fortunes when he is chosen to mentor Lucy Gray Baird the girl tribute for the impoverished district 12. Dylan, do you want to see a prequel to the Hunger Games where we follow the evil president?
0: No. I think we brought this up. I think president? we brought this up maybe before, and I yeah, I think my answer is just no. Straight up no, not really. I really like the Hunger Games, too. Like the books. I never actually finished the films. But I I've, I've read all the books. <laughs> I really like the books. Um I fell off the films, but there's a there's an interesting backstory in the universe and everything there. But is this something I particularly want to watch? No, I'd rather just watch a movie about um just a, a Joe Shamero new character during like the original sort of Civil War or you know something like that. If you want to do a background backstory sort of thing, but um no, don't care really. Will I watch it? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I mean, let's be
1: honest. Depends on depends who on they cast. Yeah, I, don't. I feel like that's pretty important uh but yeah i think it's interesting you know finally going back to that massive property uh in some way you know people love their hunger games you watch all people those movies their, or no? battle royales yeah i did watch all the mm-hmm. movies it 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 kind of peters out but <laughs> it's pretty clear that you know like jennifer lawrence she had enough she wanted to move on other things i think so um but yeah i think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out but that's a That was the thing that got the rounds. (laughs) Uh, Moving over to Sony. Uh, Sony caught the most buzz, I think. Or, like, got the most internet, like, reaction for their latest entry in their Spider-Verse universe. Uh, The character of El Morto will be their next uh, big uh, villain Spider-Man movie. A character who has apparently been in... Two comic books, two issues, Uh, is set to come to the big screen, portrayed by Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. Uh, I think we discussed about this offline, but uh, I think this is Sony putting their money on Bad Bunny as a performer, rather than necessarily the IP of the character.
0: Yeah, 100 percent So for people who don't I'm know, sure Detroit helps it's
1: like change yeah. related, but
0: yeah. Uh, if you're like, oh, I don't know who this person is, so he must be a nobody, just go look up his Spotify monthly plays. Um it's the same reason that WWE happily brought him in because he brings in a massive uh audience outside of your small fucking English speaking country that you're listening <laughs> to this in. Um and that I mean that's the truth of it. He is he is massive uh worldwide, but like obviously international fan base as well. Um, yeah, I, I, the fact that it's a two-issue character just makes you go. They just picked the most random character that they could, and was like, "Hey, do you want to play this?" I mean, person? it's fitting.
1: <laughs> Apparently, his uh, he comes from a long line of wrestlers, oh. and he gets powers from a uh, from like a lucha lucha libre like mask.
0: Sure. You know what I'd love to see uh, Warner Brothers do in the next Batman movie, which we'll get to. I'm sure in a minute, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I would love to see them. Pick a Batman villain that was only in two issues instead of using the fucking Joker again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think this is is interesting. And I think it's interesting. uh, It is interesting that they've gone very, like, actor heavy, like, in this this, this Spider-Man verse, you know? It's like, sure, it's Venom, but it's Tom Hardy. Sure, it's Morbius, but it's Jared Leto. Sure, it's El Morto, but it's Bad Bunny. It's like they're very much that's what's kind of leading these projects. You know, the one you didn't mention big, is because he character. doesn't
0: carry as much weight as the rest of them, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Which Taylor uh, Johnson? Yeah. I
0: I feel like most people would be like, who's that? And then you'd be like, remember um Quicksilver in Remember Kick Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, kick Oh, that guy, right, yeah. Cause like he's in um I feel like most people don't even realise he's in um uh T- a Tenant, yeah, and most people wouldn't. Probably- he plays the third bro, yeah, and most people probably didn't realize, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, is like, man, Bullet Train must be really good because you know, both of them in that movie. Now they've got their own leads in these Marvel spinoffs. It's
0: true, it's true. I mean, they pushed that release date back, motherfuckers. So it's supposed to be It's supposed to be out, like son of a bitch, soon or looking out by to. now. But they pushed it back.
1: I don't know. Uh yeah, so this movie is set to January twelfth, twenty twenty four. No director, no other cast members. We'll see how this pans out. Uh, in sad uh Spider-Man related news, Spider-Man across the Spider Verse has been pushed out of this year to June twenty, June second, twenty twenty three, which is not bode well for me in that uh fantasy draft thing we had at the start of the year. with this movie was my number one. I'm peak. doing
0: alright because Bob's Burgers is out this week. i remember i picked it because i wanted the safe bet (laughs) and i I thought it would do well
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, so my animation
0: (laughs) movie beats your animation movie
1: (laughs) yeah i guess so uh but we also got they retitled them so this one is the second movie is spider-man across the spider-verse and the third movie in this franchise will be spider-man beyond the spider-verse uh they did a big presentation talking about movie and said it's going to be set, this one's going to be set in like 6 stitch universes. It's going to be like 200 and something characters. It's got the biggest group team of animators on any animated project ever. But yeah, we're going to have to wait another year till we finally see it.
0: Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I want to watch it, obviously, but like, it's not like there's other, yeah. there's not other movies to watch. And I mean, obviously it just takes, animation takes the time. So I think they just misjudged yeah, how long it was taken to get the, the product they wanted. Which, get
1: it right. Yeah. yeah. And I suspect they kind of want to have them like because of the window between them, I think, is probably the other thing.
0: They want to make sure they can do them a year apart, so
1: Yes. That's I think that's the key thing. So uh Yep, there's that. Uh we got confirmation of a bunch of sequels that are coming down the line. Venom 3 is coming. Uh Batman 2 confirmed. And Ghostbusters will be getting another entry in the franchise.
0: Not surprising anyway, I'm shook that they're doing a sequel to the Batman. I'm joking, I'm not obviously <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, i just um yeah, I just hope it's um not the joker <laughs> as my as I was saying before that's yeah. that's my only uh, thing. I would love so I was thinking over there here's who I want. I want hush, I want Mr. freeze. they're my top two picks at month. I feel like hush. Really fits the Detective Noir thing. No, hold on, hold on. Let me give you... Here's my actual order. Top three. Like, random top three storylines Dylan wants in the, the Batman, movie. Batman movie. I feel second.
1: like they kind of did Hush.
0: Yeah, you can do it differently. Number one. New character, villain created solely for this that isn't based on anyone else. What a concept. Whoa, 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 whoa. Number two. Hush. Number three. Mr. Freeze but not Cardoony. Like you got to redo it to sit that universe. Like, so like how they did the Riddler, obviously, but uh, which I don't have old answers to because that's, you know, but, but, but Mr. Freeze, Nora storyline, this universe.
1: I think, what, I think that'd be interesting. I think I don't think they're going to go to the Joker. I think maybe maybe a change gentle character, but I think
0: I'm you know. fine if they leave him in the background as this fucking Hannibal Lecter
1: motherfucker that he comes. Maybe with. you know they bring back the Riddler It's like yeah, b- as another threat. I'm like, also
0: like well, the only reason I don't love this idea of bringing back everyone is because the character I want to see continue through these movies as a background character. Is the penguin who I just want to see throughout, the, like a, a trilogy, mm. come to rise to the top of the the city.
1: But that's what his TV, That's what his HBO series is for. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to to theorize uh, what potentially would be the next Batman because it's coming. Um, but yeah, Venom three that's not surprising Thank because you fuck. know Venom Venom was made lots of money. Another Ghostbusters movie again that's not surprising um well the only good
0: the only good thing is that they won't bring back everyone for this one because bill murray's officially canceled i don't know if he's canceled yet he was on my local news well they were talking about it on the local news here so big story i don't know
1: we'll see uh yeah so those are all things uh they announced that wicked the musical uh Obviously, the movie, the the musical set in the world of the Wizard of the Oz, uh, and following the good witch and the bad witch, <laughs> can't remember their names. Uh, they're splitting into two movies. Yeah. Uh, a mu- a musical that takes three hours uh, with an intermission is going to be made into two separate movies. See, the, it, I've seen mixed reactions to this. Like a lot of people saying it's money grab. Uh, definitely trying to get people's money and why couldn't they just make it fit one movie, but you know. Sounds horrible. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's a wait and see thing, like, uh, obviously they're, they're concerned about having to cut songs and that kind of stuff, so I don't know. We'll we'll see down the line, but yeah, that's interesting piece of news. Uh, lots of other things were shown. Oh, other one. Uh, they announced the title for the a Quiet Place sequel. Uh, Spit off movie. Shh. A Quiet Place. Day one. I don't so care. So I imagine gonna, it's, yeah, it's going to be when the invasion starts. I don't
0: care because we saw it in the fucking sequel. What, we, what more do you need to show me from day one? Like the second one flashes back and shows you. How did you-
1: everybody else react?
0: Also, like, spoilers for part two, because you're never going to watch this film. And for people listening, if you haven't watched it by now, like, skip ahead, I guess. But, like, they show, like, um, what's his name Krasen- Krasinski right yeah John Krasinski and um, Emily Blunt like so he's out doing chores or whatever she's at this like football game or whatever baseball or some shit with the kids um, then like d- you know shit flies from the sky or whatever they're like what the hell's going on next second, like, an alien you know monster thing jumps out everywhere it's like oh shit better run it's only Murphy's characters there because they're like better set him up in the flashback so it makes sense when he shows up later <laughs> um, then you know like they'll run around crazy go to get in the car shit's going off hiding away like it's everyone's getting killed left right yeah like i've seen this what more do you need to show me from that it's fine I, i don't need to see more so and considering yeah i'm like is it different characters at least like what are we showing me more of emily blunt day one i saw fucking what happened to her um and then if they the way the second one ended left it open for a sequel to take place after that one so i don't know why we're now going backwards again like come on pissing me off with this trying to drain <laughs> as much money out of this franchise as I can
1: uh yeah so lots of other movies showing off at in con uh if you want to highlight uh Wonka obviously the the prequel star Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel film following Willy Wonka played by Chil- Timothy Chalamet looking
0: forward to watching this uh, film about this slaver <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably it's fun <laughs> it's gonna be fun and musical uh People have been swinging the name Paddington around, but that's purely purely because it's being directed by Paul King. Uh, this is coming out Christmas next year, so it is ages away. Um, of course, Don't Worry Your Darling has got a trailer during the thing, uh, during CinemaCon. a real Wild, eh? Uh, yeah. So that, that one's out soon. And, but, of course, that got overshadowed by a yellow envelope. Uh, we got news of David O. Russell's new film, it's titled Amsterdam and is obviously starring Christian Bale, Marco Robbie, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Zoe Saldana, Anya Taylor-Joy, huge cast. Don't know anything about the plot. The very out of context scene was shown.
0: Just looking forward you know, to David. hearing about the horrible David O. Russell yelling at people on set stories that come out after.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Julia Roberts and George Clooney have teamed up for a new rom-com called Ticket to Paradise. That's coming this year. Uh, so she said, a book, a movie based on the book, she said, breaking the sexual harassment story that helped ignite a movement by Megan Tui, Tui and Jodie Cantor. Uh, it's a movie about the story, about the women who broke the story about Harvey Weinstein's harassment in Holly- of women in Hollywood, bringing the Me Too movement, already in motion to the front and center of the world stage, starring Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan. Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, also, first images from Babylon, uh damien chazelle's new film starring marco robbie brad pitt and olivia wilde set in the 1920s during the movie industry's transition from silent films to talkies the rise and fall of fictional and historical characters figures let's fucking go yep so that one's boxy Day, i think off the top of my head it's cane bean uh also had armageddon time at asterisk james gray's next film Uh, starring Anthony Hopkins, Anne Hathaway, and Jeremy Strong, which is an 80s period piece set in Queens where Grey grew up and is billed as a deeply personal coming-of-age story about the strength of family and the generational pursuit of the American dream. That's just
0: going to be Oscar night. That's my prediction right now, by the way.
1: Okay. And this is maybe the most crazy movie that I only learned about through CinemaCon. Have you heard about Violent Night? Yes. (laughs) So... David Harbour is going to play Santa who uh, has to fight off a group of mercenaries who break into somebody's house on Christmas Eve.
0: I think I read about it. Mm, maybe near the start of the year, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it was been. I don't know why or where, but it was on like a bloody disgusting or something, so that's probably not a website you... Have probably been, not. Have in your repertoire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a regular resource. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I'm keen for this. Uh, it sounds great.
1: Yeah, something to look forward to this Christmas season. A yeah. bit different.
0: I love these you fucked know, up different. adult horror Christmas movies. David Harbour playing Santa Claus is get like great because you know they're going to make him look like big and strong, like he looks in um, Stranger Things, like um, or even like a Black Widow. Like he looks, you know, he looks strong yeah. and you can shoot him that way. Um, I just think it's just going to be yeah, if they do it right, I think this could be a, a, like a sort of a classic sort of an adult christmas movie that's the potential to be anyway
1: yeah absolutely so there, yeah that's everything i thought was worth talking about from CinemaCon. uh lots of things to look forward to for the rest of the year cinema's back
0: cinema's back i mean in like a month because nothing's coming to my fucking cinema but all these movies are out yay
1: <laughs> fucking I'm love in, it yeah, that's rough
0: hey cinema can i give you money no there's nothing we want to show all right bye then
1: all right, come back and watch Batman again. Oh, uh
0: has <laughs> got Spider Man on. They still got Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man, Batman on. Doctor Strange is about coming out. Then I'll just show that. It's not about superhero movies. Fucking dry me. Well, I mean, I go watch them all, so I'm part problem. But I mean, all right.
1: some of them are good, I guess. But uh, another big story this week: Netflix. Netflix shares plummeted in their to the lowest point since January 2018 as investors reacted to the stream's First subscriber lost in more than a decade, bringing years of booming growth to a screeching halt. Uh, Netflix shares sank to more than a four-year low after the company posted a Q1 loss of 200,000 subscribers and projected that it will lose another 2 million subscribers in quarter two, prompting a wave of analyst downgrades. Netflix shares have shared 65% of their value over the last six months. Uh, yeah, so 200,000 They've lost 200,000 subscribers in the first three months of the year. Obviously, a little bit of that is offset because they've stopped Netflix in Russia. Uh, But, you know, this is crazy that this is the first time they've ever lost more users than they've gained. Uh, There's been a lot of, like, it seems like there's been, like, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction uh, where they've shut, cancelled a bunch of animated projects, uh, particularly... uh, Bone, which was one that's been in the works for a long time, has been, uh, based on the Jeff, Jeff Smith comic book series, and has long been desired by fans. They also cancelled a uh, Roald Dahl adaptation of the Twits and a series called called Tall Toll and Trouble. Um, those have all been cancelled. They've also had wide can like wide layoffs of the team. Their dumb team that they put together only like six months ago. Uh, which has caused a lot of strife within the media community because they're all upset that all these they, uh, like wooed all these people away from big high long-term jobs, uh, with a lot of money to come work for them, and then they've laid them off off six months later. Uh, Dylan, does this signal the end for Netflix?
0: <laughs> no, although it's interesting. Um, they're always running at a loss. They'll have to reevaluate, I guess, make some changes uh why are people unsubscribing is their current content not enough to keep people constantly subscribed do they need to switch the the binge it model in a way to keep people sticking around and maybe switch some stuff to weekly as much as that goes against what netflix has always done you know like i'm sure these discussions can be made but i would say maybe it's just like they haven't had enough major big tv stuff uh, come out recently that the majority like a stranger things or a um orange is new black or um what else is really big the queen um no what's that called the crown the crown <laughs> about the queen all those ones that are like mass hits for netflix i would say there's not like they have they always have a lot coming out and i know we talk about a lot of stuff and we watch you know a lot it's of stuff. it's mandatory yeah it's mandatory um but i would say there hasn't been if you're looking at like the last twelve months. Where where have those things been to keep people around, if you know what I mean?
1: I think it's interesting. I feel like a lot of this is due to them losing a lot of the content that they had to other streamers that have picked mm. up. Like, obviously, losing Friends, I feel like. Mm. That was a big hit and would explain. And then losing The Office as well. I think those are two shows that people got streaming services for because, you know, they just love to watch those shows. Mm. again 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 again
0: so Um, but then do you just say that this is something they should look at and it's like it's just there was a point where they ruled the streaming market because they they didn't have any competition and now that everyone else has spent the years and whatever getting their streaming service worked out and then finally launching it this is just a like there's no what this is a loss that was just couldn't be it's inescapable. It was going to happen eventually. Yeah, it's an inescapable. There loss. was,
1: there's going to be a ceiling. Yeah,
0: that goes from them ruling the streaming market to now more people there, thus they're going to lose some subscribers. And at which point it's like,
1: yeah, especially when they're losing content, hmm. um, and like there isn't a there's there's very few and far between like must see Netflix series. I would argue, hmm. like wide stream. Wide mainstream hits, even though, obviously, we had Squid Game, which became a phenomenon yeah. um, and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they still can put out stuff like that. It's just, like, harder and in-between. Apparently, there's been a lot of, like, uh, changes at the top of the company and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there
0: that woman that just, left or they yeah, fired fighter or I whatever. Think,
1: yeah, the, it, it seems like that was a big turning point uh, quality-wise. Uh, and that kind of thing it all direction wise um yeah, it just I guess it'll be interesting to see whether this is just a blip in the road or whether they're they're gonna to have to make big changes and like be more sensible about their spending um uh you know not just give a bunch of money to make uh crazy projects and spend millions and millions of dollars trying to get academy awards. Hmm. um, I feel like you know they'll be fine. I don't think Netflix is going anywhere, but uh there's only so far they could' grown before you know, and they they haven't done themselves any favors press wise uh going on about password sharing and that kind of stuff I think, and obviously, they've had several price rises in the last however long uh now they're talking about bringing it in ad supported mode yeah. uh yeah. It's it'll be it's going to be interesting to see what Netflix does in the next twelve months. How you know, they kind of react to this set, this kind of first setback ever, You're like what sort of changes they make. Hopefully, it isn't just let's just stop make let's just make less content. Unless it's like let's make less content, but let's make sure everything's better.
0: It works for Apple.
1: It's true. They've got nothing but hits mostly. <laughs> so yeah. That's been... that. That's one of the big stories of the week. Uh, Dylan, I know this is going to be hard to discuss, but uh, we need to talk about it. Justin Lin has exited as director of Fast X. Fast X being the latest Fast and Furious film, if you haven't, don't know. Because <laughs> it's... It's not very clear here. With filming underway at, on Fast X, Deadline has learned that Justin Lin is stepping down as director on the next installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, just stays into production. Lin Crow wrote the film with Dan Mazur and will remain on as a producer. While the parting was amicable between both parties, insiders say that Lin ultimately decided to step away from the franchise due to creative differences. Lin has released a statement on his decision to leave the film, With the support of Universal, I have made the decision to step back as director of Fast X uh, while remaining with the project as a producer. Over 10 years and 5 films, we've been able to shoot the best actors, the best stunts, and the best damned car chasers. On a personal note, as a child of Asian immigrants, I'm proud of being able to build the most diverse franchise in movie history. I will forever be grateful to the amazing cast, crew, and studio for their support and for welcoming into the Fast family... Production or had just begun on the 10th installment, and while the film will continue shooting some second-unit footage, insiders say production will take a brief pause while existing producers look to find Lynn's replacements. Dylan, what the hell is going on?
0: I don't know. It's very weird. Um, creative Differences is just such an evergreen, like, over, Like, it could, could be anything. Um Everyone's everyone's going to the in shooting. Yeah, everyone's going to the let blame Vin Diesel, which I mean, it could be his fault. Probably know <laughs> Fucking, um, <laughs> he does have sort of an iron claw on the franchise, and that's well known. Um, there was already a story prior to this where, apparently, in the original script, Jordana Brewster's character wasn't in it, and Vin was like, "No, nah, she's got to be in it." Forces them to add her in. So, I mean, there are and add-on The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, all that sort of stuff in the past. It, yeah, it's well-known Vin Diesel has, like... He, like, sort of back-chair directs... writes the uh, yeah. direction of this franchise. But, I mean, he's worked with him before, so I just don't know how... Like, several times. So I just don't know how any of that would be different this time around, to be honest. I don't know, like, what could be so bad um, that makes him want to thing, change. I will, will say that the fact... So, the fact that... The press release was really not released by him, but on the Fast and Furious or the Universe or whatever it was channel means that he like told them they had enough time to like craft this thing and then release it through their channels, which yeah it does, it does play very amicably, not like fake amicably, if you know what I mean. Like mm. it does play out like he went to them and like said, this is what's happening. Like just give you a heads up. I think this is the way we're going to go. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I read another report where people are saying it's going to be costing them six hundred thousand to a million dollars a day at the moment, because of course they're going, they're like productions they're halted. Keeping crew and cast. They're, or... Yeah, they're keeping crew and cast and big cast names, um, including like the newly announced cast members like Jason Momoa and um, Brie Larson, which we don't know how much either of them are, you know, like how involved. But apparently, you know, at least Jason Momoa we expect to be a big Brie Larson. I don't know, but. Everyone else as well, Corecast, um, they're paying the sick round. So 600000 to a million dollars a day. They're going to want to get a new director as fucking fast as possible. Um, it is very weird. It's not something you have often. Obviously, I was hugely disappointed because I'm a big fan of. Um, Lynn and he, yeah he does all the he's directed all of the best entries into the franchise he saved the franchise he turned the franchise into the money-making machine that it is today i don't think that's arguable um people may people who love the first one and hate the rest would say that he ruined a franchise i guess he still turned whatever he turned it into the direction the franchise went in that made made it what it is today that the biggest one of the biggest earning movie franchises of all time um that's him that is 100 percent all on um him doing that so um, and he revitalized the franchise and brought it back. So he just just he deserves a lot more respect. And um, yeah, very disappointed when I saw this. But you know, like if it's um, whatever's best for him, and I guess like his mental health ultimately. Because if he was going to be working through conditions that were upsetting to him or something like that, then you know can't be helped. But yeah, disappointing for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean this is crazy considering it's probably one of the biggest films making being made at the moment. A uh, couple of days into shooting, it's like how does something like this happen is like how do you get to this point and then decide i guess mm. um but yeah hopefully it all pans out and works for everybody uh i guess you know hopefully we get justice for han in this <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know he, ca- figured, he came back
0: you know, gave justice for han and then has left so <laughs> i he didn't really get justice though. he brought him back he saved
1: him from that he came back wasted death did he get justice he was the tiniest person on the poster, is all I'm saying. <sighs> he got
0: a whole poster. He got a whole trailer, basically, though. So,
1: yeah. Uh, speaking- We're talking about this. Let's let us mix things up. Let's talk about this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. They're crazy. Uh, we're going to help Universal Pictures out. Uh, this week's top three is top three directors who should replace Justin Lin on Fast X. Uh, this is an idea that you were not on board with at first, but I think obviously you've got a few, you've had a few days to like get used to the idea of Justin Lin not directing the next film. Uh, so yeah, how about you kick things off with your number three?
0: My number three is Elizabeth Banks. Wow. I really could not think of many people like this. I went through a bunch of action franchises, obviously trying to think of people who would be good for this. And to be honest, most of them I would hate to touch fast and furious. I just don't like this style. So I was looking at other people, you know, like, um, I don't know if any of these people end up on your list, but, um, uh, old mate who did like the Kingsman and shit like, oh, fuck, what's his,
1: Matthew Matthew Vaughn?
0: You know, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm just thinking of big action franchises and every single I go through one, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. They're just like, I just don't. And again, like, I'm also thinking like Matthew Vaughn, Always plays very like uh, guy gaze heavy, you know. Guy like I feel like he would completely fuck up any of the female characters. And that's the other thing that sort of I always keep an eye at. I feel like the especially the last film and majority of the films, Fast and Furious, is um, female characters for the most part. Like m- not even grand, but they're always like pretty good. But so um, a lot of the action directors, I'm like, nah, they would like f- like ruin the female characters and all this sort of stuff. So ended up I'm like. <sighs> Charlie's Angels was pretty good. Will Can she shoot the action stuff? That was the one complaint, the fight scenes, right? Still, a bit more experience, maybe helping hand still. Second unit does the fight scenes. I don't know. But I feel like for the most part would be an interesting choice and I wouldn't hate it. So number three, Elizabeth Banks.
1: Yeah. My number three, Brad Bird uh obviously well known for his work at pixar doing the incredibles films did the iron giant uh but remember he directed mission impossible ghost protocol one of the great mission impossible movies um sure he had a bit of a miss with his last live action film tomorrowland uh but you know the the potential's there and i think you know he's definitely somebody who could come in and do the job uh you know, give him another shot. Big, big production like set world that's already been established. Characters have already been established. Uh, yeah, I think I think he would be a solid choice to come in and uh, continue the franchise. Dylan, what's your number two?
0: My number two is the co-team of Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fella, um, the two people who uh, did Bad Boys Forever. And uh, currently shooting the Batgirl movie. And I think they're doing a handful. I don't know actually how many of Miss Marvel, but... I think they did two episodes. So some of that as well. But obviously that's upcoming. My pick is based solely on Bad Boys for Life because that's the only movie of theirs I've actually seen. Uh, But I actually really enjoyed Bad Boys for Life. I thought it was very fun. I enjoyed the way they shot the action. I enjoyed the way they shot those two characters. I think that... um, you could almost look at Michael Bay as a good pick for Fast and Furious, but I would automatically be like, no, 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 no. But then I look at these two and go, actually they, they like tone down the the Michael Bayness of the Bad Boys films while still keeping the, the similar similarities between the franchise, which is obviously having characters that, you know, banter a lot and sort of a, a fun vibe and, you know, ridiculousness that, um, that these films can reach. But, um, yeah, so I'm going with, um, them would be a good pick. Even though they're quite busy at the moment, but I'm not taking that into account in any of my picks. Just like, I'm just <laughs> going with, yeah, whatever I think would work.
1: Uh my number two is Gina Prince Bythworth. Bythwood. Uh the most recent work that people would have seen was The Old Guard, the film starring Charlize Theron, where she plays like a, a model. Uh but she's also got uh The Woman King. Starring Viola Davis, which has got a lot of positive buzz behind it. Um, you know, I think she's a solid action director um, based on what I saw in The old Guard. Uh, has a history in a lot more drama uh, films, uh, so you know, can do a lot of the like character work that you do see in these Fast and Furious movies that are kind of soap opera at a certain degree, to a certain amount. Uh, yeah, I think she would be a solid pick to come in. Uh, and continue what well, Justin Lin in that script, you know. Yeah. So that's my number two. Dylan, who would be your number one pick to replace Justin Lin on Fast X?
0: My number one may be a boring answer, but it's the only right one in the snow. And again, someone who is currently busy, I think, but that's fine. James Wan, the director of uh, Fast and Furious 7, uh, is in my mind the, if if he could... Um, cause he's currently in post of, um, Aquaman, but if he could take a break from that to come do this, that is probably the easiest answer, especially in this scenario where he's having to go straight to set, he's having to fit straight into that mold and get shit going so ideally you actually want someone who's already worked within the environment knows the cast knows potentially some of the crew knows the general vibe and everything like that you kind of want someone who's already worked on the franchise and he's the only person i would want to return as a director (laughs) i don't i furious Eight. i don't want f Gray to return rob cohen i don't want to return director of the first one he's like you know he's been accused of a bunch of like sexual allegations and stuff at the moment. So nope. Get the get out of here. I can't even remember who directed too fast too through us. Um the that's that's the only person I care about. I, 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 I just
1: want um yeah. James Wan. James Wan, number one pick. My number one pick. Kerry Fukunaga, The director of James Bond, No Time to Die, has clearly has some history with car chases. Uh did a fantastic job with that movie. I think he could come in and do a job uh, finishing this movie off. Uh, obviously, that movie proved he can do big budget action movies. I think it would be a solid choice. Uh, obviously, he's got his own style in that, but I think you know he could fit fit in the fit in potentially. I think he'd be an interesting choice. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> is likely, I think, uh, I don't think your choice is likely either. It seems like they're probably, I don't know who they're going to go with, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, I think we've, I think we've provided some pretty good options, if possible. So yeah. I actually think
0: James Bond is legit the best answer and is someone that they would try and get. Out of all that list, there's no, solely for the reason I was saying, that he knows the-
1: I think so. Like that's- Because obviously he's connected to them because of the experience on Furious 7 and like, that whole production uh i mean the other if you can't get james one i mean you could get lee winnell i mean that's <laughs> that, that was on my list i mean it's like he, he hasn't worked right? on the franchise <laughs> he doesn't actually follow around james
0: one they uh, don't they're not no. joined at the hip since mm, no. it's, 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 i know it's, if you know but lee winnell's been doing his own movies
1: yeah. all right there you go uh let us know your top threes uh on twitter who would you want but yeah let us know universal if you pick one of our people and we expect some like royalties a, a signing fee or something yeah
0: invitation to the premiere, plane tickets hotel
1: admin <laughs> all right let's <laughs> that'd be nice yes uh let's jump into this week's thumbs of trailers of course you can find all of the tra- links to all the trailers that we're talking about this week in the show notes below, or in the notes part of the podcast app that you're using to listen to this. Got him. Got him. All right, first trailer for this week. On the count of three. Uh, directed by Jared Carmichael, starring Jared Carmichael, Christopher Abbott, Tiffany Haddish, J.B. Smoove, Lavelle Crawford, and Henry Winkler. Val and Kevin, two chronically depressed best friends, make a pact to end each other's life when their daily's done. But as the two spend the day wrapping up their affairs, the volatile Kevin's need to confront his trauma sends their orderly plans spiraling out of control. Uh, Dylan, did you know about this movie before I dropped the trailer on you?
0: No, I remember seeing... I've never watched the trailer. I never looked up what it's about. I remember Sundance seeing the title and people saying it's really good.
1: So what was your first reaction when the first thing you see is a uh, notice about uh, suicide? Prevention line and
0: support. I don't know. I was just like, "What a weird." I was like, "Oh, right." I I, I was just like, "I'm about to watch something that's not funny," I guess. But then it proceeds to be quite funny, so (laughs) it's like sort of a weird. Because you see that notice and your brain goes, "Serious, like serious shit," you know. Like that's like if you're giving notes about suicide prevention, this isn't something to laugh about. And then the trailer proceeds to make you laugh, so it's quite. Yeah. I mean, I really like this trailer. I'm very keen for this movie. I think this looks great. Uh, It's also just, I think, probably the bleakest you could go with dark comedy. Like, I don't know if you could go darker than this. Like, it yeah. literally has a scene for people who haven't watched the trailer where two people, like, if you're listening to this and watch the trailer, literally has a scene where they're both pointing guns at each other's heads and they're like, that's what it's called on the count of three because they're counting down three, two, one, and then they're going to shoot. But the last second, one of them, like, pushes the gun out of the way. It fires anyway, so he nearly killed him. Um, and then the plot of the movie is literally, yeah, from there, let's spend one day trying to, you know, do the last thing. I can sort of predict, well, I presume I can predict, like, the message and idea of the movie based on where it's going to go. But even if it goes that direction, I'm fine with it because it's doing it in a way that I definitely am seen And yeah, it's like mm. it's looks like it's tre- it's both treating the mental health stuff quite serious while also yeah being a comedy, which is sort of a fine line I guess to go with at times. But um, both the uh, actors look great in this. Um, yeah, I'm very keen. Tiffany Haddish is um, showing up in a lot, and she's great in everything i have seen her show up in like f- f- the last couple of years. So, um. Yeah, I'm I'm keen. I like this. Double thumbs up.
1: Yeah, there's two thumbs up from me. Um, yeah, this Jared Carmichael, I feel, is having a moment. Like, uh, I saw him, obviously, hosting SNL recently. He had a special come out. Uh, obviously, he's got this movie. Uh, so, yeah, I'm keen to watch it. Uh, looks very funny, despite the very bleak, dark Yeah, That part at uh, the end that, kind of that
0: kind of plays it. into, like, where it fades out to black in the trailer. I was <laughs> like, uh, where's... Yeah, these yeah. like the last words bit. Because we watched a Red Band yeah. trailer as well, I
1: guess it's worth pointing out. I think it's only a Red Band no, trailer. No, I saw another story. one. I
0: saw in the recommended, there's oh, a okay. normal
1: trailer as well, yeah. Okay, so. uh, Yeah, so this one is coming to the US May 13th. No Australian release.
0: Look forward to watching it in December at the earliest.
1: Who knows if we'll ever be able to watch it because it is dark. Next trailer! Dashcam, directed by Rob Savage, starring Annie Hardy. At the start of the pandemic, an indulgent and self-deluded live-streaming improv musician abandons LA for London, steals her ex-bandmate's mates, her ex-bandmate's car, and makes the wrong decision to give an eld- a ride to an elderly woman who is not what, what she seems. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of Dashcam? Um,
0: I'm going two thumbs down on the trailer. I think it's a hectic mess that gives you no idea what the fuck's going on and if you would care to watch this i am however going to watch this because it's from the director of the host or host the host host whatever it was um which i quite enjoyed uh which was a covid made you know webcam movie thing that released on shutter uh so i'm watching it solely because of that but i'm going double thumbs down on this it's just a very messy trailer that nothing for me i have no i have no idea what's going on and not in a good way like I'm just like, w- 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 what? Like, not what the fuck is going on? Like I just, and I'm sure maybe the movie will make more sense. I don't know, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Two thumbs down. Uh,
1: I think I'll give it one up, one down. I think you know, You're fucking, it sets up the premise reasonably well. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot there, and it's like it it does escalate, which I think it does make for a good trailer um but yeah it's not something i'll be watching uh <laughs> you like give
0: it a high rating uh, to me and then pre- you're like you're not gonna watch it either like-
1: no i'm not gonna yeah, watch yeah. it uh that's a you know I, it's difficult to ha- rate things that you have no intention of watching uh, i'm like
0: i'm gonna watch this two thumbs down i'm not gonna watch this why not one down it makes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know, let me don't don't rating change uh <laughs> Yeah, I think you know. I think I I'm curious how it's all going to play out and like if it going to be real time. Is it going to? Because obviously it's got like the full comments on it on the screen and everything. Uh, from what I read somewhere, it's only like 66 minutes long. Uh, so it's actually yeah. shorter than Spree,
0: that one I watched with um, uh, Joe Carey in it, remember? Which was yeah, uh, similar sort of thing. Although it sounds like the plot's very different. That was. Him live streaming, literally being like, "I'm going to kill people." Like, <laughs> while I'm an Uber driver, yeah. and then they start like live streaming.
1: So this will be released in theaters and on demand on June 3rd in the US. No release date or it's options. Here I mean, in the Australia. trailer says it's going to end up.
0: Yeah, the trailer says in theaters and on demand. I would presume, based on the past, this will end up on Shutter.
1: Probably, obviously, Blumhouse production. And the host came out and shut up. The host came memory, out right? shut
0: up, but even if it is, doesn't end up in Shudder, the fact that, yeah, even in the US they're doing in theaters and on demand um, just means, okay, well, it'll just go straight to on demand here. I'll just pay money to watch it, right?
1: Would you actually want to see this in a theater? No. I'd go watch it,
0: but is this a movie where I'm like, I need to see this in a theater? No. If it was showing in a theater, would I go watch it? Yes. Okay. I would, but I don't think it's a movie I need to watch in the, in the theater. And interestingly, I even said host when I watched it was actually a movie I think is better watched on a laptop because the way it's, it
1: happens on a laptop. Yeah.
0: And the way it's all shot and everything, I actually think that movie would be scarier to watch on a laptop than in a cinema. I think it's more, it's probably more engaging that way.
1: So what you're saying is you should watch this movie on your phone. I think you
0: should watch this in a car while you're driving on your phone. Don't take anything I just said. Not while you're driving. Please. Not while you're driving. Just to clarify, please. Be in the passenger seat. Yeah, okay, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Next trailer, The Big Con. Con has two ends. Directed by James Lee Hernandez and Brian Lazaret. Uh, Eric C. Con was a lawyer living a little too large in eastern Kentucky until two whistleblowers realized he was at the center of a government fraud worth over half a billion dollars, one of the largest in U.S. history. And that was just the beginning. So this is a new documentary series coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer?
0: I watched the trailer actually the other day before you – this was the ones I'd already watched because I saw it pop up and I watched it. I was like, this looks really good. And I looked up who was doing it and it's like from the people who did McMillions. I was like, I watched McMillions. That was very good. Um, So, yes, I'm keen for this. Long story short, two thumbs up. Don't know who this guy is. Never heard of him before. Trailer doesn't spoil everything. Definitely seems like he lives a wild life. No idea if he's dead, alive, in jail, what's going on. Not going to Google it. It's out in like a couple weeks. I can survive. Um, not to have that and just go in, go in, not knowing. Uh, but yes, McMillan's is very good. This double thumbs up looks good. Gonna watch it.
1: Yeah, this is a double thumbs up for me. I think it's well cut together trailer. Uh, like you said, I, it sets up the premise of this crazy scenario of somebody being able to steal half a billion dollars. Uh, and his name is Con.
0: Hmm. It was on the writing. Like the writing he, was on the wall originally. Like,
1: the writing was on the wall, literally. Uh, so, um, really well put together. And it seems like they've got a wide swath of interviewees. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty keen. Two thumbs up from me. This is coming to Apple TV Plus, May 6th. So, not far away. So, no, I can wait. Not far away at all. Uh, next trailer Fire Island directed by Andrew Arn, starring Joel Kim Booster, Bowen Yang, Conrad, Rickamora, and Margaret Cho. Two best friends embark on a week-long vacation to Fire Island, the famous gay escape destination off the southern core of Long Island, accompanied by Cheap Rosé and a small group of eclectic friends. Bill, what do you think of this trailer?
0: I'm going one up, one down. Um, it's, I, I think it looks unique enough uh, cast-wise. I'd like that it's not a bunch of white dudes because I feel like quite often uh that's still one point when you're like sort of going representation wise quite often the big LGBT uh, movies uh, Hollywood ones are quite often just white people so I think that's sort of a good point of view for it I've never heard of this place but googling apparently it's a real place so that was also yes. another interesting factoid. Um, but I'm going one up, one down. I, when they get into the whole, what the, was it the gay nerds versus the gay frat boys? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? Like, what's that sort of thing? I'm like, oh, that's a bit weird. I don't know if that's fun, but, um, the cast seemed fun, lively. I'm, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but yeah, one up, one down for the trailer. I'll go. Yeah,
1: this is one up, one down for me as well. I think, uh, I like people in the, the, the cast, uh, Bo and Yang obviously is a breakout hit on SNL, uh, and it's been a few other things. Um, but yeah, I think you know I'm intrigued. Apparently, reading up, apparently it's based on it's a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, so kind of going into it with that, it's like, oh, that kind of is is an interesting twist on that story. Uh, I can't imagine Jane Austen would have imagined. No. A bunch of Asian men, gay men no. <laughs> uh, in a film adaptation of her books, uh, but yeah, it looks interesting. It looks like it'll be a fun time, uh, but yeah, it, it's not super wowy. I don't think. So yeah, this one is coming to a. It's meant to be coming to Disney Plus, uh, June third, twenty twenty two. So it's releasing on Hulu in the states and releasing on Disney Plus everywhere. I just
0: won't say gay in the movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be heavily edited. Yeah. Down. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, final trailer for this week. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Directed by Helena Rain. Uh, starring Amanda Le- Hestenberg, Maria Bakalova, Pete Davidson, Rachel Sano, Mahala Harold, Chase Sue Wonders, and Lee Pace. When a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing fake friends and one party gone very, very wrong. Uh, Dylan, what would you think of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies?
0: Very, very keen. Double thumbs up. I didn't watch much to try. I just saw the A24 logo and backed out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, I I really like a bunch of the cast. I think um, the setup is funny i think it's very obvious that this is a tongue-in-cheek horror comedy whatever you're going to call it um the characters all look terrible but in a way that's going to be fun to watch them argue and die i guess is the the <laughs> right way yeah one way to put it yeah um pete davison has quite a few funny bits in this um yeah i'm keen i i, I i'm definitely keen double thumbs up
1: yeah, to Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up as well. I think it's a stylish, fun, A twenty four ish trailer. Um well cut together, like make, making fun of like kind of the woke talk that some of the kids have. <laughs> the uh, best line I
0: just remember the best line. I've only watched the trailer once, but the best line is Did you just shoot me? Oh, of course you'd make this all about you. <laughs> 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 so funny. <short. laughs>
1: yeah, and uh yeah. Pete Davidson has funny lines. Lee Pace, obviously playing as a very older guy yeah. compared to everybody else, like the beard um, and all the, against all these young people, very interesting juxtaposition. Uh, yeah. It could be a potentially interesting whodunit, but also slasher film. It's
0: an A24 slasher is literally, it's like, it just looks like a slasher, but with a twist like a weird twist on it so it's not like like you can make this movie like in any other word if this movie is just played straight where it's like oh it's a sleepover party and then there's a killer you know that's just a slasher but the twist is that they're playing a game and it's a whodunit which of them's actually the like taking the game the a step further while having all this who is ghostface yeah who's yeah. ghostface while also having this meta commentary for shits and gigs on top yeah <laughs>
1: All right, so yes, uh, Bodies 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 releases in the US on August fifth. Who knows when it's going to release in Australia? A twenty four films, yeah. Why don't A twenty four just put it straight into my veins? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. of What do you want to watch? Let us know. What do you? Th- which? What thumbs are you giving these trailers? What? You, who are your top three directors that you would pick to replace Justin Lin or Fast X? Um, let let us know on twitter by going to explosion.com slash twitter or jump into our discord at explosion.com slash discord if you want to help us out here or do you want to watch leave us a review on apple Podcasts or on Podchase or tell people about the show or leave us five stars anywhere you can leave five stars and if you like this episode thoughts with a dollar head on over to to our kobe page at explosion.com slash supports you can leave a donation for as little as a dollar uh, of course, you go to com for all our news, reviews, and multitude of other podcasts. Especially look out for our Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness spoiler cast over on all new Marvel casts this week. Uh, that's where we'll be talking about that movie. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.